0: this is paul and this is wayne
1: so guys uh-oh <laughs> for the first time in almost three years people will be in my house this evening for dinner What? we have not had a a you know entertainment gathering at my home since uh prior to the pandemic and uh that's happening tonight. We break our streak tonight. There are going to be three other couples in my home, Oof. and uh, I gotta tell you, I'm a, I'm 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 a little uptight about it. <laughs> <laughs> I I you know I have really I I am a hermit by nature, so uh, you know I have been in my lane, solidly in my lane during the public health emergency, and uh, I'm a little uh, I'm a little uptight about having people in the house.
2: Yeah, I was like, about to say that probably has less to do with COVID and more to do with the fact that just people.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like, you know, I, I would draw the difference like, you know, man con, you know, these are these are my boys. I, I, I love being with my boys. Uh, these are people I barely know. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. How long is this going to last? <laughs> you need know one of those banners that says, please leave by nine. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, Do you have to cook for them? Or are you ordering?
1: Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> it's the whole it's the whole schmear. We're, we are actually straight up entertaining. You're having uh, a dinner party. That is a, that is correct. That is the appropriate term. It is a dinner party uh, for uh, uh, some folks from church. And uh, whoo.
2: Is it going to be like Aaron, that movie Aaron, The
1: Menu? Or are you going to hunt them after dinner?
0: That is the plan. That okay. is the yeah. plan. Okay. Well, Aaron, here's here's what you do. When they show up, just kind of drop a little bit of, uh, you got some kind of in the back of my throat. It kind of <laughs> I start start coughing. Start doing <laughs> a cough. I got to tell you. I, and then let it
1: get worse throughout the night. I've had it in the back of my head that if anybody coughs, straight up out the door. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I have so many ideas for your party, Aaron. I think when people
2: show up, you open the door with a bolt and say, put your keys here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Key party. Woo. <laughs> Woo.
2: <laughs> so many ideas for your party. I
1: keep threatening Suzanne that what I'm going to do is, you know, walk over to the couple sitting on the couch, lift my shirt up and say, is this too much hair?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aaron. <laughs> this is why people haven't been at Aaron's house in
1: That's years. right Wait, Boy, I gotta tell you, I have been solidly in my lane During pandemic, you know The ability to keep people out of my house Has been great <laughs> <laughs> Well I hope it goes well, Aaron Yeah, well, I'll report on it next time
2: uh, Well, okay. I mean, I don't know that I'm that interested <laughs> But uh
1: <laughs> Oh, you're that interested It's gonna be our new Schism, uh podcast
0: Yeah <laughs> So while we had COVID, the uh, like during that time was also right before the election. So we have people like canvassing the street for their politicians, and mm-hmm. you know they kind of knock on the door, and uh, I open the door, and it's like, you know, by the way, we have COVID. I have never seen a political person get off my porch so right. fast. <laughs> right.
2: Well, Aaron, good luck. Godspeed.
0: Godspeed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't like entertaining when everyone's healthy. So. Yeah. uh, Yeah, And I say this with the um, with the understanding that I am entertaining on Thanksgiving. Oh, Uh, yeah. Jen and her sister. I don't know. Someone, probably me, thought it was a good idea that, you know, Jen's sister has a bucket list concert of going to see Billy Joel in Madison Square Garden. Huh. And, Billy, um, Billy Joel's a good concert. I've yeah. done that before. He's a good show. And he plays Madison Gar- Madison Square Garden every month. He has like right. a monthly show where he brings on guests and stuff like that. And he has a show the day before Thanksgiving. And they thought it would be well. Someone thought I might have said I don't. It, it might have been me. Like oh go then go then because it'll be great. You can see the holiday lights. Blah 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 in New York. So they're going the night before Thanksgiving and driving back on Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, but I'm all, but you know, I'm also the person who doesn't want to go to multiple houses for Thanksgiving. Right, same. I want to go to your house for Thanksgiving and then in another person's house for the day after or having two Thanksgiving meals. Like, no, everyone comes here. <laughs> if you don't want to come here, too bad. No, no Thanksgiving dinner for you then. That's right. Do your own thing. Um, so I also volunteer to do Thanksgiving here at this house. So I'm. Doing Thanksgiving dinner. Wow. Yeah. Is this well, your first me, time to let, do that? Let me let me be clear. Wegmans is doing Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> and I'm okay. following the, the the heating instructions that oh, come gosh. with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now so, I'm, I'm there because I was like, wow, that's a lot of cooking for Paul. <laughs> well, and Jen's like, you know, do we want to break out the silverware and the the night the nice place? I'm like no <laughs> paper plates and plastic paper silverware plates and plastic silverware it's our family get, like, break out the chinette
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, my plan is the same plan it usually is I will have a turkey in the smoker at home when I go to the in-laws so I can say I gotta go I got a turkey at home
2: smart, smart. and then
0: I will take plates down to my parents because uh, they don't have the mobility to get up the stairs for my porch anymore so ah. well that's yeah. nice of you Wayne
2: Aaron are you you know are you going to entertain twice in one week or is Thanksgiving going to be a meal out? I don't know how you and Susan celebrate know,
1: Thanksgiving. We're on a rotating schedule for Thanksgiving. So we're we're sort of like uh you know one year is with the family and then the next year because everybody travels. Uh you know, it's on your own, and so this is our on on our own Thanksgiving, which I'm actually pretty excited about. So, uh, you know, I've already got my my menu lined up. Be running the smoker for my turkey. Uh, pretty excited. I'm Goodness. I'm already hungry. I've been looking over my menu items, and I mean, I, I've been hungry since Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he, he's fasting in anticipation of. Oh me. no, no, I'm 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 still. You know, like I went up for Chinese last night, but uh, whew, man. <laughs> I just the more I think about it, the hungrier I get. Well,
2: since you're salivating in, in yeah. anticipation of Thanksgiving, let's get the show on the road
1: and let's talk about the Tulsa King. So you know, this is the new Taylor Sheridan joint, right? Yep. You know, you know, from from the maker, from from the man who brought you Yellowstone, comes well, the Tulsa King. Well,
2: ish. So I was reading about that. So, you know, this Tulsa King thing, you know, was created by Taylor Sheridan. Apparently, he came up with the story in three days and handed it off to someone else to take (laughs) the reins on it. So the concept is by Taylor Sheridan so that they could put his name on it. But ultimately, the actual, unlike Yellowstone or 1883, he doesn't seem to be actually writing the episodes or directing
1: the episodes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that, be that as it may. uh I gotta tell you, you know, it, it features Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. and I really, you know, when I heard the concept of the show, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, and then when I saw the trailer, I got, I got pretty juiced about it, and then when I watched the episode, I, I love this thing. I've only seen the first episode. I don't think the second episode has dropped yet.
2: Has no, it? no, not till uh, uh, this coming Sunday, as of this recording.
1: But. Man, I, I really dug that first episode. I, I thought that it did exactly what a pilot episode needs to do. It really kind of lays out what's what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of stories they're going to tell. Uh, you know, Tulsa King is about a uh, a you know former mob guy, or I guess current mob guy, yeah. who keeps a secret for his boss and take and goes to jail for twenty five years. And then upon release from prison, you know, he expects to be rewarded for his silence. And he does not get the reward he's expecting. He expects to, to you know be given, you know, work and money in New York City, where the mob lives. And you know, they're like, We're gonna send you out to Oklahoma. We're gonna send you out to Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, you're going to you're going to you're going to make everything ready for us. There's nobody out there, you know, doing doing our business. You're going to you're going to make things ready for us. And of course, you know, Sylvester Stallone doesn't take well to this. He feels like he's getting screwed over. But, you know, he 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 is a company man and he uh, goes to Tulsa. And it's, so it's a very much a fish out of water story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm there for it. I, I, I freaking love this show. How about you, Paul?
2: I really enjoyed it. You know, I think one of the things that this show does. You know, and I don't know if this is true or not, um, but it feels like it was written for Sylvester Stallone. Uh, the, the dialogue that comes out of his character's mouth, mouth, Bruno, Bruno, something I don't remember his last name, I feel like oh, it's Manfredi, but that can't be right.
1: A Manfredi is correct. Oh, okay,
2: yeah, um,
1: very much feels like Sylvester Stallone dialogue. I you know, don't it's know, witty, the- it's one liner y. Yeah, I'm not sure if the show was created for Sly, but certainly the scripts were adjusted for him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like there is a line, uh, you know, he uh, sleeps with a woman uh, and the following morning she's like, well, how old are you? <laughs> and he's like, I'm 75. And she's like, the fuck? You know, you look like you look like a hard 55 and he's like, hey, you're hard. (laughs) But I mean, can we all just take a moment and understand that she is not wrong? Sylvester Stallone looks amazing. He does. He He looks amazing. He looks better in this than he looked in the superhero movie that he just did for Prime. Uh, I mean, he just looks terrific.
0: Of course, he's wearing more clothes in this one, but <laughs> I still need to watch that superhero movie. The trailer looked interesting. It's
1: really good. I enjoyed it. And it's got I've not it's, seen it either. Got a terrific ending. Uh, but, you know, Sylvester Stallone is just terrific in this. But I do feel like he's playing Sylvester Stallone.
2: Yes. You know, it's fine. fine. I mean, at the, when you're 75, I don't know that I need you to act anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, it's <laughs> you not like play yourself. It's not like Copland where he, no. you know, buries himself in the part or Rocky. I mean, it just very much feels like this is Sylvester Stallone, but uh, that's okay. I mean, yeah. I'm I am I am I'm really there for this performance. And I love, I mean, he just rolls into town, "Hey, pull over." And, you know, goes and and uh, makes his uh his contribution, his weekly contribution to uh to the mob. I mean, I just, I, I love that. I, I love yeah. how he just, he's like, huh, you know, there's, there's been some changes. So there are marijuana dispensaries. Let's stop in. I'm going to help these guys out. <laughs>
2: yeah. And it's intelligent, right? Cause you know, it's a cash only business and he knows that. And I mean, it, it is well-written. Um, it is in, it is fun in a way that Other Taylor Sheridan shows are not.
1: Yellowstone is not. I mean, Yellowstone is fun fun in a dark sort of manner. Yeah. You know, but there is there is very little, if any, humor in Yellowstone. And so the the. The comedy in this is, you know, certainly character and situational driven. It's not yeah. punchlines, but it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, uh, there, there is a lot of fun in this show. And I, I, I like I said, I very much enjoyed the first episode. And I just really hope that the that they're able to carry that forward, because I, I think the pilot was super strong.
2: Yeah. You know, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine because I was in an odd place earlier this week Oh, with my television because I. I'm all, you know. There's no current Star Trek shows playing I, right now. It's crazy, and it? well, there's um, Prodigy. You could watch Prodigy. but <laughs> There's no current Star Trek shows. <laughs> right now. And, and, and here's the thing: Prodigy is probably good. I just don't
0: have an interest in it, right? Well,
2: it's, um, a kid,
0: it's a kiddie show. It's actually not bad. I mean, it's, it's, not, a, kid but, show, but it's a kid show, but kid show. Exactly. <laughs> um, so there's no,
2: you know, none of those that I'm watching anyway. Um, there is, you know, I'm all caught up on my SEAL Team, and next, and this coming Sunday is the season finale. <gasps> And uh, you know, when, and Yellowstone and Tulsa King, all those shows are just releasing weekly. Um, you know, and then 1923 doesn't start until mid December. So I was like, I'm between shows right now. So when I have like free time mm-hmm. or, or something like that, or you know, riding the the bike in the garage or something like that, sometimes I just like to watch a show. You know, get caught up on a show. That's how I watch shows like The Witcher mm-hmm. or SEAL Team to begin with. Was just kind of like do you know time waster shows. And so I'm between shows and I was like, but I know stuff is coming, you know, with, you know, again, with these shows that are ramping up and are releasing weekly and and all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to start something new. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I had forgotten that Andor even existed. Um, Andor is <laughs> so good. Yeah. So Andor might be the one that I they hop into. That might be my because especially because that season's wrapping up, um, I might. Try to try to hit that one. And Willow, which I know, Aaron, you're of mixed feelings on because you hate the movie, I I think kicks off with two episodes this week. It might be tomorrow. This week, Thanksgiving
1: Thanksgiving week. I I just want to take a moment. I'm going to deviate for just a moment and talk about Andor without providing any spoilers. Mm -hmm. Andor does something that I think is fantastic in the Star Wars space. And it's, it's rather medics. I'm going to talk about story structure. They don't just tell you the story that they told you they were going to tell you. They're telling several stories and resolving them and moving them forward. It's not stringing you along for another season. There are, there are hard, what appears to be, three different phases of this story, all with three acts – Right. So uh, you, essentially you've got nine acts in this thing. Uh, I am. I you th- you think what you're getting is a heist is just a heist show and then it becomes something else and then it becomes something else again. And I just love this show. Uh, and I am again, no spoilers, but episode 10. And there have been so many high points in this thing. Episode 10 is a thrill ride and a heartbreaker and super satisfying episode 11. There, there is a moment on screen where, I mean, I almost sobbed, but also, you know, when I sit back on how, the, why did that grab me so hard? You know, I mean, there is so much terrific acting, Terrific directing and even better writing in this show. And I'm just like, you know, why couldn't Boba Fett be half as good as this uh, question? Did you like it from the first episode on? No, there is a reason they dropped three episodes all at one time. And it was okay. because uh, there the first two episodes are all set up and they, it really should have just been one it should have been an initial pilot movie right uh because nothing really happens until episode three um but everything after that
0: is superb i because I, I plan on giving it another chance once the entire series is dropped mm-hmm. i watched the first episode and i just didn't care i didn't care to watch yeah, no, any I, more of it i get that I, you know and I am the first one to
1: say, you know, come on, TV, you got to grab me from the get go. You can't say you got to put three hours in before you get it. Um, But it was worth the wait for me. Um, I, I, you know, you got to understand, I love Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One is is at the top of my list for Star Wars films. Same here. This is, you know, I'm, I'm always dubious of prequels. But this is fantastic, and I'm so surprised at characters that I'm interested in, like Mon Mothma is in this. And I'm just like, who the fuck cares about Mon Mothma? Well, she's terrific. <laughs> I just – I love her storyline. Uh, I, I, There is so much that I want to talk about, but because you guys haven't seen it yet, I don't want to spoil it. But when you do, we have to have that conversation.
2: All right. I will give it a watch. I'll, I'll get caught up. I, I mean we've got a holiday weekend coming up. And uh, I think – how many episodes are in this first season? Twelve, I think.
0: Twelve. Okay, so there's one more. There's one more to go. Um, And that's that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for them to all drop, and then I'll binge some of them together. God, they're so good.
1: So I'm going to transition back to Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. One of the things that uh, I had noticed is that uh, certain media was not covering Yellowstone, and here we are fifth season. Yeah. Right. And it's the it's like the most popular uh, television show or streaming yeah. show. Um, and finally, uh, National Public Radio covered it this week. Hmm. And I was and, and they they made comment. You know, they're like, yeah, you know, I uh, hadn't really been covering this. It didn't seem like a thing. And then, you know, here we are season five and it's the biggest show in, in television. Uh, I was really taken by their analysis and you know i think i've shared before that sometimes i feel like you know national public radio and i are watching two different shows Mm -hmm. but they captured something that uh i think is i think is kind of spot on about yellowstone you know because the it is they characterize it as a small c conservative show right uh that it's not conservative capital c with you know uh you know Politics and whatnot, but it's small C in terms of, you know, uh, authority figures, uh, you know, authority needs to be, you know, uh, you know, followed uh, hard decisions, you know, that kind of thing that, you Mm -hmm. know, things are black and white, you know. Uh and but you know, they're also like, but you know, there's a lot of diversity in this show. There's a lot of representation in this show, and it's not token representation. You're actually getting full on culture. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, you know, this is why this show is so popular, is that it it is provide even though the, the morality is questionable it is a clear morality to the show, yeah. right? You know, there there's, you know, cause I mean, I spent my entire first, first season going, John Dutton is a monster, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I, I, I was very taken back with that small C sort of sort of clarity, and I think I think that may be why it's scratching so much of an itch. That and the fact that it's beautiful to look at and yeah. characters are interesting, but I, I do think that there is an element of that 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 even uh, those those folks who might identify as liberal enjoy about it because it, it is such a a clear representation of uh, moral choices.
2: Well, and I think the show has. Ev- this is a preview of our uh, upcoming podcast, Jellystone with Aaron and Polly. <laughs> you know, for, it, it's a fair point because I do, I, but I also feel like the show has evolved over time and that's part of what's making it so um, lucrative because that first season, to your point, like they are despicable people. And I, oh, yeah, know, I mean, we talked about it on the mics that I got to episode five and I'm like, or whatever, I got like three or four episodes and I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to continue with this because I hate right. everyone. Right, and then somewhere around the middle of season one, they they finally have some some endearing f-
1: family moments. Yeah, um, and I'm like, yeah, you see a crack okay. in Beth, you see yeah. a crack in John, you see that John is actually loves his family. It's yeah. not just this is mine, not yours. You and know, that's which when is, I finally got hooked on it.
2: Right, yeah. Same. Um But over time. You know, as you continue to watch the seasons, especially for those who are binge watching now, you can see that. I mean, they start off as straight up murderers. They will murder people for no fucking reason other than the fact that the person wants to quit the farm. Do do not um, get in a truck at night. With these guys. Yeah. Do not yeah. get in the truck. <laughs> that
0: has if evolved. They, do you notice, like, they the only bag.
2: really take ki- they only really knock out people as a form of revenge.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um. You yeah. know, like you kidnapped my kid kind of revenge yeah it's not like like in those first two seasons it's like hey you know i'm I'm thinking about getting a job in the city and they're like okay we'll drive you bang
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna put your guitar in the back of the truck don't get in the truck
2: (laughs) so i think the characters have softened a bit over time um i mean you know character evolution but also the fact that i think it's a little bit more um conducive to a a broader audience yeah yeah, there's right. also, you know, there's intelligence behind, you know, Paramount Network years ago sold the rights of streaming to Yellowstone to Peacock before you know they knew that they were going to have Paramount Plus. Right. And so when Paramount releases a new episode, the especially with the, you know this new season, the only way to watch that is on a Paramount owned network. It's not going to stream the next day right. on Paramount Plus or Peacock. It is now, when they dropped this episode, you could watch it on Paramount Network, you could watch it on MTV, you could watch it on BET, you could watch it on Country Music Channel, you could watch it on, like, eight different channels. It was like it was like Lex Luthor took over every station on your TV, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it got, like, 12 million viewers on this yeah, first episode. It's huge these days. It's huge, but they do that because, you know, like, it's the only way to watch it is, right. you know, so, it, you know, it, it becomes appointment television in that way.
1: Well, you know, you, who wants to, to, you know, get involved in that POS uh, Peacock app?
2: Yeah, screw Just that. Saying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm also really interested because as much I loved 1883. Oh yeah. Uh, I am very excited about the Harrison Ford, Hel- Helen Mirren, uh, uh what 19- nineteen twenty three? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, yes, I'm concerned. Well, yeah, I mean, anything that Harrison Ford's involved in these days, I've got I've got questions about. But I'm I I also had questions about the casting for 1883. Yeah, fair point. You know, I was like, I don't I don't know about these country and Western singers uh, heading up this cast, but okay. (laughs) And (laughs) And I love the
2: math doesn't really work out for me, but I'm sure they'll explain
1: it because I'm like, why is like who who is Harrison Ford playing? I can't figure that out either. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> because it's only the family 40
2: years tree. after.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't figure out the family tree. I don't understand yeah. it. But yeah, yeah I am. I'm I'm down for it. Um, yeah. So I, I have not yet watched uh, any Yellowstone yet. I tend to binge that one. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off because you know I'm I'm deep into season 10 of NYPD Blue. <laughs> NYPD blue. I, Next up, blue bloods. <laughs> Not no blue bloods. I cannot abide blue bloods. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I NYPD so, blue is actually pretty good.
0: So my show that I've gone back that I never watched originally is Under the Dome. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I, I think I watched the first season of that. Yeah, I'm on the last season of that now. Been binge- How many seasons X. is it? Uh, four or five. Damn,
2: that lasted longer than I thought it did.
1: Yeah, I, for some reason I thought it canceled after season two, but, you know, what do I know? Well, Wayne, I thought of you this morning because I watched two episodes of The Orville. I, uh, I'm i finishing up season two because I, I hadn't finished season two to start uh, uh, New Horizons. So oh, I, wow. I anticipate, You have New Horizons yet. No, I have not. I anticipate that I will finish New Horizons over the coming uh, holiday week. I have not even started New Horizons.
2: But part of that is yeah. because Jen wants to watch it. Uh-huh. Um, but she's also not. Frequently in the mood to watch a show like that. Oh, don't you hate that? So it's one of those situations where if I watch it, she'll be mad at me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but she also doesn't necessarily feel like she wants to watch it because we are in Christmas baking challenge season. Oh dear. So, <laughs> uh, so that's how we spend our evenings, which oh, I'm not dear. complaining about. I enjoy those shows too. Yeah. Um, but Orville, Orville will probably end up being like once all these shows that we're watching right now, and we're in a lull before the
1: new uh-huh. season of Succession starts or something. That, that's when we'll will fit in uh, orville well you know to your earlier point there's no star trek that you're watching right now Uh,
2: not any until i think march
1: yeah i think that's when picard drops because it's going to drop before discovery apparently um which is strange to me but okay um the uh i i had the same thing i was like man there's i can't believe lower decks is already over I know, Uh, you know, I was just I was very sad about that. And I've got this Star Trek itch and I've been rewatching Deep Space Nine. uh, But uh, I was like, ooh, I could do the Orville. And uh, I tell you what, that scratches an itch. I uh, I watched two episodes of uh, season two and uh, it was was pretty good. Liked it. Mm, Pretty uh, good. Season two of Orville, like for me, it was
2: I struggled a lot with it. Every time they focus, they had an episode focusing on uh, their
1: Klingon. Type guy. Yeah, the the mucklucks or whatever they're called. Yeah,
2: the, well, yeah, and he's like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm the obsessed awkward. with bondage and shit like that. I'm like, ah, I don't know that I, <laughs> I care about the show. <laughs> well, I
1: don't under I, it, no spoilers, please. But I don't understand why uh, Bortus is with that guy. Yeah. I have had to drop that guy like a hot potato. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't tolerate that shit from Paul. but not nope. tolerate it from this guy. Luckily, I'm a gentle lover. That's right. Yeah, Paul's a
2: good guy. Paul's <laughs> I, a good guy. Well. You know, speaking of 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 doing good, I did the research, Aaron, on the confusing graphic that DC Comics released this week.
1: Yeah, you know, Paul sends a Paul sends a link to our uh, show chat this week, and he's like, "I hey, dig this." And <laughs> I'm looking at this image, going, this means absolutely nothing to me. <laughs>
2: yeah, DC released kind of an image that I guess kind of looks like a timeline, mm-hmm. um, and they say, you know. Their year-long initiative in 2023, kind of like DC Rebirth or New 52 or something like that. Um, They're saying spinning out of Dark Crisis and then Lazarus Planet, which is their upcoming – like Batman versus Robin leads into Lazarus Planet. And they say after Lazarus Planet, we're going to go into Dawn of DC, which is their year-long initiative, um, which – I will tell you, a lot of people have been cl- complaining that DC pu- doesn't publish as much as they used to. And what they do publish is like 75% Superman or Batman books. Right. Seems like a response to that because they are publishing more books, um, you know, more various character
0: books than than before. Well, they also do a lot of alternate storylines, too, like uh, deceased DC yeah. versus vampire, stuff like that, because those are good books. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, there's some interesting stuff.
2: So this this timeline thing from Dawn of DC, um, you know, starts with Superman. You see a Deathstroke symbol, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Batman, Shazam, um, Hawkman. Um, and the the it, basically the Dawn of DC is this new initiative that kicks off with Action Comics 1051, which is kind of the, the new Superman family book with all redesigned character costumes.
0: Yeah, I'm um, not sure how I feel about this book. They're changing the format of it. So instead of being a story, there's going to be three individual stories in it.
2: I, You know, it, I, for what it's worth, I'm okay with it because it's Phil Kennedy Johnson
0: and Dan Jurgens writing two of them. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I like the idea of it, but it makes me wonder, are these going to be little – tiny little stories where you can't really yeah. are the sure, short stories versus but, serialized. Right. yeah I'm sure they yeah. are 10 page stories because it's probably
2: like a 30 page book that they, you know, cause that's, I think that's the, the average count page count for a four ninety nine book is 30 pages nowadays. So it's probably three 10 page stories that ultimately every three issues tell one story kind of thing. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, I, I like the new costume designs. So -hmm. I'm going to give it a shot. Man, I'm looking forward to Superman number one. You know, there's a new Superman number one coming out and the new Jonathan Kent book. They're retitling that Adventures of Superman, Uh, John Kent, with the same creative team.
0: Also, uh, Connor Kent has a six-issue miniseries coming up,
2: Superboy the Man of Tomorrow. I hope it's good. It's it's coming out of that um, round robin
0: yeah and that uh, didn't go well contest the first which the last
2: yeah that last and you know the, i was excited about the last book that came out of that which was oh we're gonna show all the robins together you know solving a murder mystery i'm like eh, yeah, yeah i'm excited but that first issue was so bad <laughs> um but you've also got some interesting some other interesting books you've got unstoppable doom patrol a new doom patrol book with art by chris burnham you've got two green lantern books one called hal jordan one called john stewart um the Hal Jordan book uh, is written by Mariko Tamaki, who, uh, if you're not familiar with, wrote uh, Detective Comics, um, a Detective Comics run that I think Wayne and I liked. Um, and uh, Green Lantern, John Stewart is by Philip Kennedy Johnson, who were, were liking his work in Superman. Right. New Green Arrow book uh, by Joshua Williamson. Uh, but some of the ones I'm more interested in are Batman, The Brave and the Bold. Um, which is going to be kind of an, a new anthology book. Um,
1: yeah, that looked interesting. Tom I, King. I, yeah. Yeah, that, that looked interesting. I, I think I might like that one.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm I am mean, torn but, on the wow. new Shazam number one that they're going to do. Part of me thinks it's cool because the cover has Shazam writing a dinosaur. But yeah, I also, like fun. yeah, the part I'm not so happy about is that that means he's coming back as the primary Shazam. And I like my Mary Marvel book. Yeah, but Mark
1: Wade and Dan Mora, like, yeah. side me up. Yeah, though I haven't cared for the for uh, Wade's work on uh, World's Finest.
2: No, I haven't either. Yeah. But
1: I liked, but I liked Batman versus Robin. So yeah, we'll see.
2: But you know, there's also the Penguin book, Tom King doing a new Penguin book. I don't know if it's going to be like, you know, one of his twelve issue miniseries or something like that. And um, a new book focused on John Henry Irons and his daughter Natasha yeah, um, Steelworks, which I'm down for that. I'm down for that, too. so I mean, there's i'm I'm very intrigued at some of the titles and d c you know you can tell who their new house writers are mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because every company has their house writers that basically write every book for a while and d c right. has definitely signed up with Philip Kennedy Johnson, Tom King, and Joshua Williamson because they are like on half of these books.
0: yeah, so, I'm happy because this sounds like rebirth, and rebirth was really good, yeah. So it, Bendis have any books
1: in any of that? He doesn't, no. does he? Yeah. No.
0: Interesting. Bendis is, I think, all
2: on um, all through Dark Horse now. I think he's all, only doing creative work through Dark Horse. Interesting. But what, I, what I found most interesting about this Dawn of DC initiative is that none of it mentions Jeff Johns stuff, which is weird because I'm, I'm actually very excited about the new Golden Age stuff um, from well, Jeff
1: Johns. But you would I, think that that would tie in somehow. Well, uh, maybe they're just going to keep it, you know, off to the side. Yeah. Know? Since they're since they're doing they're laying so much Golden Age work right now, maybe they're, they're just not going to interrupt those storylines.
2: Yeah. But, you know, we, we're not going to talk about it this week, but there is a new Stargirl, the Lost Children series mm-hmm. uh, from Jeff Johns kind of continuing, um, you know, the story arc started in New Golden Age. So if you like New Golden Age, definitely check out Stargirl. These books all seem to be tied together. Um you know, either loosely or directly. And so I'm excited that Jeff Johns is back. Hopefully um, these books will get some attention, but we're actually going to talk about a different Jeff Johns book here in a minute, but let's, uh, let's start since we're talking about DC, might as well talk about war of the undead gods issue four of what? 10,
1: Six? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I have to go back Perfect. to the cover and tell you. <laughs> yeah. We're halfway there. Yeah, I, it's a four of eight and you're right. We are halfway there. Um, I very much enjoyed this book this week. Uh, I, I loved there. We get to see Alfred Pennyworth, uh, continuing to grieve his boys, uh, and feeling just terrible guilt about having, you know, shot them all to death because now that we can cure this, uh, you know anti-life equation you know uh zombie thing uh the fact that he blew their heads off
0: (laughs) means that you can't bring any of those guys back and so he feels really guilty about that yeah but i just say again how much i love damian wayne as robin or as batman in this book he's great in this he is the first emotionally and mentally stable batman we've ever seen yeah yeah who'd have thought damian wayne but I love
1: that he and uh Alfred and Leslie Tompkins have gotten together, right? Leslie Tompkins? That, do I have that? Yeah. Right. Uh she I, I I think that's that is a terrific match. And I love how happy Damien is about it, you know. Uh you know, that he he's just, you know, happy and you know, Jonathan Kent also, you know, thrilled for them. But the thing that I really want to uh uh Challenge in this book, and and, and not challenge, I want to to highlight in this book, is Leslie talks to Alfred about the rage that Batman had, right? You know, that Bruce Wayne had. And she says to Alfred, and I, I I I think this is a just a keen observation, is don't you think some of that rage was from you as well? Don't you think that you fueled some of Bruce Wayne's rage. And I'm like, how have we never interrogated this? Yeah. In, over over 80 years of comics. because I, I, that blew my hair back. I was like, holy shit. That is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. And I don't think we've ever verbalized that in the pages of Batman comics.
2: Yeah. So it was a great scene. And that, yeah, it, it took, you know, it, cause it stops for a beat. After she says that, yeah, you know, a, a wordless panel, uh-huh. and it's like, oh, you know, it, it, it leaves you a second to live with that thought because even yeah. Tom Taylor probably has realized I said something that hasn't really been vocalized before,
1: ever, yeah, ever. And I mean, it, it very much, you know, felt like a mic drop, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, deal with that. And it, I, well, the thing that I find amazing is that it lives here in an alternate. You know, timeline, you know, what if sort of story and a, 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 a uh, uh, you know, else world sort of story in DC Comics. But this is something I want to see interrogated in the pages of regular Batman continuity. I, I would love, you know, Alfred's going to come back, you know, for real one of these days. And I would love to see that. You know, poked and prodded and explored, uh, because we won't get to see much of that here in the pages of, of deceased, right? You know, we're not going to yeah. get to get to plumb the depths of Alfred's rage, and I, I really I want to see more of that. God, it was fascinating to me. I got to tell you what I really like to see coming out of this book, especially
2: once deceased wraps up, you know, because it'll wrap up around ish the same time as Dark Knights of Steel. Um, I really. Would have loved to have as part of this announcement of these Superman books, and I know Tom Taylor's writing the Jonathan Kent book. I would really like to see Clark Kent, you know, in a regular Clark Kent book written by Tom Taylor instead of Joshua Williamson, because that's who they're, they're bringing in to write the new Superman book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I would like to see Tom Taylor write a regular Superman, excuse me, sorry, a regular Batman book. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and the Batman just relaunched with Chip Zdarsky and I think Cy Spurrier on those two books. Um, But, you know, I would like to see Tom Taylor, you know, like, hey, let's get Tom Taylor on on Batman. Um, Let's see what he can do in that space in in regular DC continuity with the Bat family and all that. Because I feel like that's something that has been missing from the Bat books since Tom King wrote them, Mm -hmm. which is any sense of family or heart outside of select moments. Right. Um, You know, they've all, you know, even the current arc is more focused on the action or the detective work or, you know, Batman being a loner or, you know, none of them really focus on, okay, let's, let's try to do something. Let's, let's try to introduce the bat family a little bit. Let's, I don't want to say soften Batman, but I, but bring some heart into the book, and I feel like that's something that's been missing from Batman, any Batman book, for years. Um, so I would like to see Tom Taylor take on a Batman book. I I I would be down for that too.
1: So I'm there for it, Paul. Make DC, it happen. Listen to me.
0: Yeah. Listen
1: make it happen. To us. Yeah. You listen to Paul. He buys a whole lot of your books. I
2: do. I would buy that <laughs> book. <laughs> Cuz I'm, you know, I'm not buying detective comics and I I bu- I'm way behind on Batman too. So, you know, I'm I am strangely I, current on Batman. Really? Yeah. That is that, that is strange. That is strange. That is strange. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I'm not disliking e- I'm not disliking what Chip Zdarsky's doing on the Batman book. I just feel like I'm seeing The same trend in Batman that I've seen for years and what I'd like to do is I'd like to see, you know, them do with Batman some of the same attention they've brought to the Superman books or or even Nightwing because Tom Taylor's writing Nightwing. Right. Right. Um, You know, bring some of that style that that's so popular
1: into Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I'd love well, I'd love to see what he does with with, you know, being the lead Batman writer. Right. Uh, He's going to have some free time. Yeah. Make it happen, Captain. You know who has also got some free time? I do not. Chris Cantwell. He just wrapped up his twenty-five issue run on Iron Man with issue six fifty. Oh snap! And uh, I I've been there for the uh, for the entire run, all twenty five issues. Just got caught up uh, with a three issue back to back read this week. Wayne, you read issue twenty five. What'd you think?
0: Yeah, and I wasn't a huge fan of that last arc. Mm-hmm. The Buying up all of this technology And trying to put it in a warehouse And I wasn't a huge fan of that But this is such a good send-off And one of my favorite characters Has a panel in the book Sleepwalker (laughs) shows up Doesn't even get named But what it made me want I want that Patsy Walker book Yeah, I want to know what she's doing Out with the supernatural On the west coast
1: yeah, it feels like it's sort of a backdoor pilot, you know, the the coverage here with Hellcat, uh, Patsy Walker. Um, I have very much enjoyed in this series the reintroduction of Hellcat uh, and you know her her place in the Marvel universe. I I've I really dug. She had a uh, a spinoff book or a little miniseries book uh, or a special. I forget what it was. I think it was a special one shot. Uh, where, you know, she was, you know, tracking down the 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 ghosts that live in yep. her new home. Uh I I I'm digging that. And I I like what you know Chris Cantwell has laid out there and I hope Marvel does something with it. You know, I sent Wayne a note earlier this week in our chat and I was like, hey Sleepwalkers and Iron Man. Now I had just gotten to that page and I stopped <laughs> what I was doing to send you a note and I felt really bad Wayne <laughs>
0: <laughs> you realize he the doesn't even that get named.
1: yeah that he is nowhere else in the book that he's just in that pan on I'm like well I didn't lie to him I just said you know <laughs> sleepwalkers in the book
0: but uh yeah. the strength I, of this book is really getting into Tony's head and examining who he is after everything he's been through and his long story. Mm-hmm. This book could very well have gone out on some big battle, but it didn't. It He mm-hmm. wrapped up his story ending with a very heartfelt story where the one thing Tony is battling is he's trying to save someone's life that had a heart attack mm-hmm. of down to earth and then, Waiting at the hospital to find out if the person makes it through or not. And how his friends are interacting with him on uh, Iron Man Day. Mm -hmm. Happy Iron Iron Man Day, by the way. Yeah. And his own guilt about it being Iron Man Day since the coma had been faked. Yeah. It's just such a character driven finale for a series is just it really speaks to you. Yeah, I,
1: I I thought it was a, a great capper, and it also was very reminiscent to me of the uh, Frasier episode where uh, the city of Seattle is celebrating Frazier Crane Day, and Frazier and Niles you know walk across Seattle and then wind up not getting to make it to the Frazier Crane Day event, very much as Iron Man doesn't make it to his event. Uh, but you know I I thought this was a good. It's a good place to wrap up the various threads and for Tony to talk about them internally for us, uh, about how he feels about all of that. Uh, You know, we had some some great moments in the in the previous issues where, you know, because you got to remember back when he had, you know, his Korvac super god powers, he killed Rhodey. Yeah. And when he brought Rhodey back to life, he didn't take away that memory. He, you know, he held himself accountable for it. Uh, till, you know, so that, you know, he'd learn from that. It's bad to kill your friends. Don't do that. Um, and, you know, Rhodey's walking around with that, with that knowledge. And, you know, I, I think, you know, as one might expect in a comic book, it was a little surprising that he forgave him. But uh, I, I, I think that's important. And it, you know, demonstrates the, the struggle that, That Tony's going through the thing that I, I, I know you weren't wild about the source control, uh, uh, storyline, but, you know, at the end of that storyline, Tony's got this warehouse full of the most dangerous weapons in the world, minus the Mandarin's rings, right?
0: That's not going to go well.
1: And, you know, so he's got Bethany Cabe, who's one of my favorite Iron Man characters, and I wish we got to see more of her in this run. But Bethany Cabe is guarding that, you know, securing that warehouse. But, you know. Nobody knows about it. He hasn't told the Avengers about it because he knows that Cap would want him to destroy everything. And he wants to reverse engineer all of the technology. And, you know, Bethany says in the pages of this book, it'll take Tony years to do this work. And I mean, it is very much a warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark sort of setting of all these weapons. And you can't tell me that, you know, somebody like Ares, the god of war, isn't going to show up there and just co opt all of that for the, or, or the Punisher, perhaps. Maybe the Punisher shows up and grabs all of that stuff.
0: Yeah, um, it's gonna it's, go very poorly. It's gonna I go, go that really, there's really, just bad. Sentinel head sitting there too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I wish there had been more of that kind of thing in the in that image, you know, that there had been like, Hey, look, that's an ultimate nullifier, you know, that kind of thing. But uh Super interesting. I, I very much enjoyed it. But this is was very much an anthology sort of book. There were you know, uh, several stories here and the Jotunheim story where Iron Man shows up in uh, in Jotunheim to save Thor was a terrific story. And again, it was a dialogue about who these guys are. And there's a. I, I think my my favorite story in here was the Kurt Busick story, um, taking place way back in the days when uh, uh, Tony and uh, t- back in the days just prior to when uh, Tony and Madame Mask were dating. Um, I, I I very much enjoyed how nostalgic those pages were. I thought this was yeah. a, this was a, a I usually don't enjoy anthology
0: books, but I enjoyed this a great deal yeah the Jonheim one had that uh the moment where they're having a conversation and it really gets into who tony was at that point mm-hmm. when he says something like i have chips in all of my friends right yeah i know him yeah it's problematic
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i dug it i i am i really enjoyed the chris cantwell run i think it's the strongest run on iron man since matt fraction um and you know I'm eagerly optimistic about the new run, the Invincible Iron Man, but uh, you know I, it's going to be a whole new crew. Uh, it's got some talent on it. You know it's got uh, Jerry Dugan and uh, Juan Fragiri, uh, on on art. I, uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm eagerly optimistic. I won't say I'm excited about it. I, I just, I, I really enjoyed my Chris Cantwell Iron Man, uh, but I'm going to enjoy him over on the star Trek books. He's going to be writing that, uh, star Trek defiant title, Paul, uh, oh, yeah. with, with, uh, Worf, Worf and you know, yeah, captain Worf. Um, uh, so I'm looking forward to that too. And I did not realize this. I listened to an, an interview with Chris Cantwell last week. Um, uh, he's a huge star Trek nerd. And uh, apparently chased IDW to uh, you know make them let him write a, a, a Star Trek series. I did
2: not know that either. Yeah. And the one he chased them for, I mean, seems I'm I'm, I'm very excited for that title. So hopefully it's Same. good.
1: Same. Well, you know, a, a book that we very much enjoyed was Junkyard Joe number one. Uh, this week, Junkyard Joe number two came out. Guys, did Jeff John stick the landing? You know. I,
2: I got caught up on Junk Dog because I had not read the first issue. I think we either didn't record that week, or I was out of town, or something I like that. Think you were out of town. Yeah, I think I was out of town that week. So I read both issues.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I love this book. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, I absolutely adore this book. You know, I'm reading it and I'm like, this is a movie or a, you know, a TV show. Yeah, I mean, like a mini series television, right? Yeah, I mean I just <laughs> it is so cinematic and you know, credit where credits due, you know, 90% of that is Gary Frank's art more oh, so yeah. than the writing. And the writing's great, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it feels like a like a Spielberg, J.J. Abrams type story mm-hmm. where there's a lot of heart behind it and you've got this robot character that you love but he doesn't even talk and so you mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, project emotions onto him and I just I really loved it. Honestly, the only thing that the only concern I have is that it ties into this greater universe with Geiger mm-hmm. and um, you know, the um, what's that other character Redcoat Yeah. And so my concern is how it ties into that universe. Yeah. Cause I don't really want to see a superhero team up with this character, at least not right. in the way this story has gone, but I have loved these two issues and I love how much um, Jeff Johns has embraced you know, especially this past week, being Veterans Day, mm-hmm. um, you know, has embraced that this book, you know, proceeds of it, you know, are being donated uh, to the National Coalition of Homeless Veterans. Um, you know, they are Veterans Aid. They've got you know a, a lot of of material in the book as to what this character or what you know veterans mean to jeff johns and his family and the other creative team and i just i loved how much heart
1: is in this book well the thing that is so surprising to me is i feel like i know who jeff johns is right Mm -hmm. i mean i've been reading jeff johns superhero stories for decades now yeah (laughs) right i mean (laughs) since before the podcast yeah, I mean, I, I've been reading, you know, Justice Society and you know all of his, you know, Star Girl, all of his stories. Uh, I feel like I had a sense of who that guy was, and then he comes and clearly, clearly tells a story that's a passion project for him. And now I'm like, I, I didn't know who Jeff Johns was. I didn't know that he had this him, and I never, I never would have thought he would have leaned so hard. In this type of storytelling, and it just shows you that there are depths to Jeff Johns that we have not yet plumbed.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it's I, such a daring challenge to have your main character not talk. Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, no, it, it paints really a different is. picture, right? You know, with of his portrayal of Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, all those years ago when he was writing Green Lantern, you know, and all that stuff. It, it just, you know, like you said, the the insight that we've gotten from Jeff Johns. In how open he's been about himself in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's sorry to, to your point way you know, the the care junkyard, Joe, not even talking. It's like, you know, it, it, for me, that reminds me
1: very much of like iron giant. mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it, this is something that's much easier to do in film, right? You Mm -hmm. know, somebody not talking and being, having to, reflect the 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 speaking character you know reflecting that the the non-speaking characters emotions and thoughts through the person who talks right and and being able to to effectively share that without it seeming like you know a trick um i i very much appreciate how strong a storyteller gary frank is here Right. Because he's telling that visual story and being able to capture those cues from Junkyard Joe and, you know, the writing of uh, of Jeff Johns and being able to express what, you know, Muddy is feeling. Uh, I, I, I just I, I am so here for this story. And I I love that it's not just the respectful tones in the writing of the book, but it is the respectful uh, manner in which, uh, you know, the 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 charitable ethic uh, is placed in the in the back of the book. You know, like the the mail page, the the you know, homeless uh, veterans campaign that they're involved in. I just mm-hmm. there's so much about this book. I mean, you, you can love it. You can love the storytelling. You can love the the, the artwork. You can love the characters. You can love the ethic <laughs> to this book. I just I love everything about it. I do. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm very much looking forward to where this story goes. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I, I am so excited about this comics line that, you know, Jeff Johns is launching. Uh, I, I really want more red coat, but I'm also excited about the other characters as well. In fact, the, the character that I'm the least excited about is Geiger. Yeah. And I like that book. I just don't, don't know that I need a whole lot more of it. Um. But you know, I'm looking forward to you know the first ghost, the unknown war, American Widow X, the monster, the Northerner. I mean, all of this stuff I'm 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 tremendously excited about because Jeff Johns is such a fantastic storyteller, and I'm just I, I can't wait to see what else he has to show us. So there you go. All right.
2: Hey Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, next week, if you didn't get your share of war in in Junkyard Joe, Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead issue 3 comes out from Bruce Campbell and Eduardo Riso. Um, Also from DC Comics, we have new issues of The Human Target, DC versus Vampires, which is the penultimate issue, uh, issue 11 of 12. Um, We get new issues and the new issue of Action Comics. We also get the latest issue of Vanish. From Image Comics, from Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, and uh, the latest issue of Amazing Spider-Man from Zeb Wells and uh, Terry Dodson, uh, which is leading up to – it's the prelude to the upcoming Dark Web crossover, which features the team up um, between the Goblin Queen and I think Schism is the name of Ben Reilly's new character, um, now that he's gone bad. So mm. that's the, that's the big crossover coming up in the Spider-Man books.
1: Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books. Uh, shoot us an email. Shoot us a shoot us a, you know a comment on Instagram or Twitter. But absolutely do not call 972-763-5903. That number not to call. Once again, nine seven two seven six three five nine zero three because that call that phone number no longer rings to our phone. Don't do it. Don't call it.
2: Fuck it, call it. <laughs> see, see who picks up, and let us know on our social media pages: IOMGeek Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.
1: What a deal! Well, hey guys, uh, I am super excited about Thanksgiving this week. Not the least of which is because uh, I'll be on the other side of this dinner party, <laughs> and uh, uh, so you know, looking forward to that. Plus, looking forward to being off. I'm I only work one day this week. I work Monday, and then I'm out.
2: I'm out guys, I'm out. I uh I I am working all 3 days ish. I'm oh. off a half day on Monday so I can watch USA versus Wales. The World Cup starts on Monday, so I'm looking oh. forward to that. Andrew would be okay. excited so, with me if he was here.
0: For <laughs> a minute I thought you were actually talking about like the animal whale. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> what? Dude, what we're is this? Fuck up somewhere else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get your clubs. My, my uh-uh. buddy's on our military.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm, uh, yeah, so uh, it, we will not talk to you all before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And we will see you after the holiday.
1: And we are thankful for you, specifically. Yeah, he's exactly. right. Not those other guys, but you there. Sardell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye. Bye